0: Welcome to The Whole Council Podcast. I'm John Snyder, and again with me this week is Teddy, and we are going to do part two of what was supposed to be a one part, but I wouldn't quit talking. Uh, Part two of the MLJTrust.org ministry uh, led by Greg Jones, and Teddy has interviewed Greg to talk about the Martin Lloyd-Jones Trust, uh, this collection of Lloyd-Jones sermons that are available online um, how, what it's about, how I got started, why would you want to listen to a, a British pastor from last century, and how can you support it? So um, we hope that you will benefit from Greg Jones and learning about the MLJ Trust.
1: Well, Greg, uh, you are with the MLJ Trust, and uh, I really do appreciate you taking time to meet with us and, and talk with us, be on the podcast. Uh, why don't we te- just start with uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do with the MLJ Trust?
0: Thank you, Teddy, and uh, thank you also to you and your organization for what I think is a fantastic uh, biography of Dr. Lloyd Jones's life, Logic on Fire, that has helped really make him known to a new generation. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. Um, my name is Greg Jones, and I have the privilege of serving as uh, president of the MLJ Trust. Um, the MLJ Trust uh, is, has a quite very simple goal, and that is as follows. It is to keep the uh, sermons of Dr. Lloyd-Jones um, for free online um, and available to anyone who wants to listen to them. So our goal is simply to spread the sermons uh, and make them available, and uh, that's really it. And we look at different ways of doing that, of course, but we are the uh, official library of Dr. Jones's, Martin lloyd Jones's sermons.
1: And before we get any further into this i want to go ahead and tell everybody where they can find mlj trust
0: you can find mlj trust on the mljtrust.org thank you for uh, reminding me yeah mljtrust.org we also have an app which more and more users are using and you can find that on the app store under mlj sermons and more increasingly popular is our YouTube site as well, which you can find under the MLJ Trust um, as well. Of course, there aren't any videos of Doctor. Lloyd Jones preaching, but we do have um, the the audio. Thankfully, we have the audio files from a period of the nineteen fifties through to the um, uh, through to the seventies. Uh,
1: yeah, and uh, so I'm one of those who who uses the app and I have found it to be just so encouraging uh, just always to have, you know, I used it uh, personally to study the book of Ephesians and, you know, going through just that book. I love how it's laid out. We'll get into that in a little bit. But mm-hmm. if you are looking for any of these things, don't worry, all of the links to the apps, the YouTube um, and the MLJTrust.org will all be in the description of the episode. So Greg, um. Let's talk just a little bit because I know that the doctor was in the beginning, didn't even really want his sermons to be recorded, right?
0: I understand that to be uh, correct, Teddy. There's a story which Ian Murray tells. and uh, at the back of the juice, somebody had the foresight, can I just say, of recording these uh, these sermons. It was faithful saints at Westminster Chapel, which was Dr. Lloyd Jones's a second of two ministries, but his main ministry, where his voice became known, and uh, somebody in the chapel said, "We really need to be recording these sermons uh, down for posterity and for for the Christian church." So they started doing it, and often Dr. Lloyd Jones would come and ask them, "What are they doing back there?" And they'd have to say, "You know, we're recording these sermons." Apparently, they told him that there was some uh old ladies out in uh, a county of England that couldn't make it to the chapel so they were recording them so that they could hear to them and apparently that assuaged him somewhat and they allowed it to go on um but i think that he was uh, he wasn't um uh you know it's not like today he wasn't a, a huge proponent um of that and uh, of of the recording nevertheless uh they stuck to it and i'm very thankful um that they did
1: yeah, absolutely, and we have all benefited from it uh, and benefited greatly. So, talk to us a little bit um, about how the Lord has used the MLJ Trust and in, in all of these sermons. Well, I, I think we don't, of course,
0: see the um, the effects from from where we're at, but I can say that you know, Doctor Lloyd Jones was a faithful, uh, powerful um, preacher of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, and it excites me as i look at the uh, mlj trust and the the numbers that that have grown um quite significantly really over the last 5 or 6 years um it it really does uh, excite me that to see that you know every time a lord sends out his word it doesn't come back void as we know and it's doing its work so seeing the gospels go out we recently celebrated a milestone of 20 million downloads since the trust was founded in 2013 and you think that he he preached certainly to to hundreds, possibly hundreds of thousands over his ministry, but now he's reaching uh, the the millions, and it's the same old message. Uh, it's the good news of the forgiveness of sins through faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and it's a a rich, wonderful message and a deep message that that he um, was a proclaimer, a preacher of. So you know, we don't see. I, I certainly hear the testimonies of people. Who have been grateful and and the sermons have impacted and have been saved and edified and sanctified uh, through them. Uh, I, I feel like I get but a but a glimpse um, as to the the effect, but it certainly spurs us on to do everything we can to make sure that these sermons continue to to spread. But ultimately, it's the Lord who's given the growth. Uh, you know, we can do everything we can, um, but it's exciting to see that there's still an appetite and an increasing appetite for expository serious um sermons that that proclaim the name of our of our lord i think there's a hunger there that certainly uh, m- excites me as to how the lord may be working through them the effects of which we'll we we'll, we we don't see here um but but you know continue to to plug away to make them available
1: now, now for someone who I remember the first time um, that I went to the MLJ app, and I was fortunate enough to have a friend who shared a particular sermon with me, and he said, hey, I just listened to this sermon, and the 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 idea of listening to old sermons to me was still kind of weird, um, because you know it just was not a practice that I grew up with. It was not something that I was very familiar with. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, why would I listen to a sermon that was preached in 1965? Like, the, the, you know, that, that concept was just kind of odd to me. So let me ask you this. Again, I was fortunate because I had a very good friend who said, I'd listen to this and you'll benefit from it, so listen to it. If someone is just finding out about the MLJ Trust and they're, they open it up and it's overwhelming because there's so many sermons there, where would you recommend they get started?
0: Mm, that's a great question. Um, I think it might be helpful to talk about the different... Um, sermonic styles that... Uh, I hesitate to use the word uh, styles, but perhaps the different audience for whom Dr. Lloyd-Jones was preparing the sermons for within the collection. So he would ha- preach um, three times um, a week um, at his home church, once on a Friday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night, typically, you know, 45 minutes to 55 minutes, um, and and three times um, a week. And then he would also preach during the week, around the country as well. So you know there was a rich diet. Um, life, church life at Westminster Chapel was was vibrant. I look at the bulletins and I see, um, it was a vibrant church, um, centred on the preaching of the word of God, and uh, and and there was a rich diet uh, available. Now going back to what I was saying, on a Friday night, Dr. Lord Jones would give what it would be called his um instructional sermons and in in those he would go through in detail books of the bible um at a time and it is very much it's all preaching he would not accept that there were these were lectures he didn't believe really in lectures as such he believed that every time there is a proclamation of the word of god it's preaching uh combined with some teaching and and he saw that it was really that that spirit um uh, anointing or the, the, the power of the spirit that defined preaching uh, versus teaching he wasn't there on a friday night to simply impart information he was also there to be led by the spirit in his exposition so anyway friday night was very in-depth expository line by line sometimes you know multiple weeks on one verse for example i mean he spends i think 80 sermons on romans chapter 8 and then you know 366 sermons going through the book of romans he didn't even finish Got to chapter 14 that's friday sunday morning um was um he would i think they would describe it as uh, saints in the morning sinners at night so you'd have the the sermon for the saints in the morning which always included you know, the gospel. It wasn't as if there was, but but it would, I guess, be geared more towards edification of people who, in general, you could say were already um, Christians. And then on the Sunday night, he would preach an evangelistic sermon. Interestingly, I think he spent more time preparing for the evangelistic sermons than for the others, because he believed that you didn't just, um, you know, say the same old gospel and and, you know, just go over the same old stuff. He believed that it was worthy of the, the the most of time for him. In fact, he used to write out his sermons, evangelistic sermons, when he was at Aberav and his most, first ministry, because he believed that um, it was that important when you're proclaiming the gospel to, to unbelievers, it was worthy of the most diligence in preparation. So those are the three tranches or, or, or um, segments of, of preaching that he would do. And now to your question, um, where would I uh, recommend someone go um, if they're listening for the first time, it really depends on, on the person. If it is someone who is heard the gospel is interested in the gospel. I would probably go to the series on a Sunday night um, uh, and that, and a good series. The, the biggest series for the Sunday night evangelistic sermons would be the book of Acts. And indeed, if you're sending out sermons, then I, I think to people who perhaps may not um, have uh, have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. then I think those would be good. Um but uh, then i would say if someone is looking to just go through for you know a sunday morning um there's the s- series on ephesians um which is the edification uh series now of course all of these sermons have you know instruction in them they have evangelism in them they have edification in them so it's certainly not all one type there's a mi- mixture and 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 then you know the uh, i would say a good place to start if i had to pick one i would say great biblical doctrines which was one of the, his first friday night series um where he goes through some of the great doctrines of the bible um that you you can see i think there are about 55 sermons there and that i think would be an excellent introduction that would then um you know segue into some of the the bigger series um he's probably most known for his series on on romans uh and we currently as a trust uh, we send out weekly uh sermons um uh, if to subscribers who put their email into our website we send out that weekly email and we're going through uh Romans uh, at, at the moment and it's uh you know some of the some of the finest work i believe on on uh, the apostles uh, great epistle
1: yeah absolutely and um again we as media gratiae and i personally uh, have just benefited so greatly from from the doctor and you know i mean i think the the impact that he's made on us is shown by the fact that our first biographical documentary was done on the doctor. And, uh, and so we're incredibly grateful for the MLJ trust. And so let me encourage you, if you're not familiar with the MLJ trust, go and check it out again, links to everything will be in the description and you just got some great information on, on where to start. So Greg, we gotta, I'm sorry, man, we gotta wrap this up, but thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you, and thank you for um, your work. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, Teddy.
1: Is there, uh, before we go, is there anything else you'd like to add or or speak to our audience about? Well, I would just, uh,
0: if people are interested in the ministry and they uh, would like to keep in touch with the Trusts, I, I just found out actually we've got um, about 10 new sermons, which I believe are net new sermons, which have been found on a CD um so that's something which i let our subscribers know we don't bother that often you know we send out sermons we're very focused on what we do which is getting these sermons out um but if you're interested in um you know news like that or news on how downloads or um you know we're just about to do a new youtube site in- initiatives like new content etc then go ahead to our website mljtrust.org and there's a box there to enter in your emails and you'll keep up to date um with everything that's uh That's going on. I think that's the only thing I would um, would add. Thanks for asking.
1: How can uh, how can everyone who hears this? How can we support you, and how can we be praying for for the trust? Well, thank you for
0: asking, uh, Teddy. We are an all volunteer organisation. The Lord has allowed me time um, to to put into uh, the the trust. Is we're run by three. Uh, board members but we do have some other volunteers as well so we are reliant upon um the goodwill of of God's people as they and their um support to um keep the lights on as it were but then also to look at initiatives um you know not only just keeping the sermons available online uh, uh, that uh, that obviously has costs and running the the website and the charity but it's also then Anything extra, we then put, it's pretty much straight to the front lines, you know, since we don't have any staff, we don't have any um, offices, not, not that they're bad things, that's the way that we're structured. Um, so, you know, anything that we do extra, then we'll go straight into different initiatives. We just redid our um, uh, website, we're looking at redoing our YouTube site, but then also it's the funds go directly into how we can spread this to different territories um, and spread these sermons, which we're constantly thinking about new ways to get these messages out. So that would be uh, one area. And then definitely to pray for the continued, uh, that the gospel may sound forth, as the apostle Paul says, so that the gospel may sound forth to uh, the world through uh, these sermons and uh, that people would be um, edified and inclined and people would know about it, not only non-believers, but also that people in the church and perhaps in a in a era where um there not there's there's perhaps been a misunderstanding or a devaluing of the gift of preaching in the church that um, God's people may be fed through this, but then also that preachers may be raised up and um, shown what I believe to be the biblical model of preaching in power and spirit. So that would be the, some of the prayer requests that uh, we would uh, we would ask for um, as we seek to be good faithful stewards of these, these sermons, which I think are treasures uh, for the church today.
1: All right. Well, fantastic. Well, Greg, thanks again for your time.
0: Thank you.